0: Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Hack, and today I'm joined by my co-host Jenny Hellmendaller and Devin Pereira of Campus Recreation. Devin, welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and uh, you are a senior studying biology. Yes, indeed. And you have got a very special role on campus. Tell us about what you do.
1: So I am a personal trainer on campus. Um, I also happen to be the personal training supervisor, so I'm basically the student um, lead. I, I lead the, lead the leaders, um, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I have been personal training since, well, I was hired my fall of freshman year, um, and I started training clients my
0: sophomore year. So what made you want to become a personal trainer at the rec?
1: Um, I think for a lot of people, um, or a lot of trainers at least, um, growing up fitness was a big part of my life. I was more involved with team sports than I was with weightlifting. But um I really was my my childhood was kind of formed by um fitness and being athletic. Um I played three sports in high yes, in high school. I almost said middle school. Um and I grew up playing soccer. Um it was a big family thing for me too. Um and so I just really loved being athletic. Um, and It's something that I wanted to be able to help other people realize also how meaningful fitness can be in
0: your life. What is one of the best memories that you have where the memory that was kind of formed and shaped by this physical activity component?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I feel like in terms of team sports, um, when I was very little, I think I was maybe like eight or nine, um, my dad was coaching my soccer team and I like... Juked out f- five different people and like made a goal, and it was right after kickoff. It was like the first thing that happened in this game, and I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but I remember being so excited that I like was running and so excited, and I jumped into my dad's arms, which I guess is more of a team sports thing than a than a, well, it's just a general athletic thing. Although I don't know if a nine year old can be that
0: <laughs> athletic, but and that's just what's so special to me about you know these. Things, these uh, physical opportunities where you've got that element of physical activity, the physical wellness, and then also those social connections that always seem to uh, result out of them too. And you mentioned weight, tr- something about weights. Um, what exactly is personal training? Does this, is it weightlifting?
1: Yeah. So personal training is actually, it can be a lot of different things um, based on what you, the client, um, wants out of personal training. Um we are specially trained in how to lift weights in particular free weights. Um so that's like your dumbbells, your kettlebells and your barbells. Um and personal training is usually it's implies one-on-one training with a personal trainer. Um but we do offer at the rec um what do we call it? Like the partner training I think we call it so you can train in a group of two. Um, and I'm Not sure I've seen or what the deal is with groups of larger than two, but you can partner train also. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what personal training is. And so who are the personal
2: trainers on campus? I know you're one, but are the rest of them also students? And like, what do you have to do? Yeah,
1: so we're all students. um, And kind of the process to become a personal trainer, um, once you're hired, you have one year to obtain your national certification. Um, And so you are required to either go through we have a personal training course that we offer um we have it now recorded online so you can take it whenever um and then or there's a kines class and i'm forgetting the name of it right now but it's called like exercise prescription and something else um so you have to take one of those two those courses prepare you for the national certification exam um And then once you're certified, you go through a checklist, which is mostly easy stuff. Um, It's just procedural things to make sure that you understand William and Mary's procedures. Um, We know that you're now, you know, an experienced personal trainer. You're certified, all that. Um, And then you start seeing clients. Um, So there's how many on staff right now? I think we have nine on staff right now. Um, You know, it fluctuates from semester to semester as people graduate in and out. But um,
0: yeah. And when do you guys start hiring?
1: So we are hiring right now. I have no idea when this podcast is going to air, but um, if you hear this and you're interested in becoming a personal trainer, the application is due next Friday, October 29th.
0: And they can find that online?
1: Yes, it's online. You can look up Become a Personal Trainer William & Mary and it'll pop up.
0: So what are the types of things that you learn about when you're going through your, your training course?
1: Yeah, so we learn... Oh, quite a bit. Um, the main thing is how muscles work. Um, you have to know a lot about how different muscles work. Um, you learn about movement also, um, which makes a lot of sense considering you're <laughs> teaching people to move. But um, And that involves um, a lot of physiology type things, you know, like terms like dorsiflexion, flexion, extension, um, that kind of stuff. You have to be able to recognize that in a human being or a a form. Um, You learn particular exercises and how to cue them. Um, Namely, for the most part, we call it the big three, which is the squat, the deadlift, and the bench press. Um, And then what else do you learn? You learn a little bit about nutrition. Um, Technically, we're not authorized to give um, personalized dietary advice. But we do have enough training to calculate and recommend um, levels of macronutrients. Um, so that's your carbs, your fats, and your protein um, for our clients. Um, for more information on nutrition, we're required to re- refer them to a dietitian. Um, and then for the certification exam, you do have to learn a little bit about like business models, which I thought was really weird. But um, if you're, you know, going to, get certified and then start your own business that makes a lot of sense you have to know like what kind of insurance you need stuff that I have never used and probably won't use (laughs) um but yeah those are the main things that you need to learn at least for the certification um for William and Mary like I said there's some procedural things but they're not difficult
0: so does this fit in line with your career path that you are exploring in your future um
1: Not particularly. Um, I think of personal training more as something that I'm really passionate about. And I liked, um, I like to be able to share with people. However, um, I don't necessarily want to do it for a living. Um, Yes, that, yeah.
0: And I find too, that once you start to explore anatomy and the way that the body works, it just really enhances your appreciation for yourself and just starting to put all these tiny little pieces together that really make up you and the whole and and what you are and and the requirements that it takes to care for that. So when people come in for a session, what does that usually what does that look like when they arrive to meet you over yeah. at the rack? Um,
1: like I said earlier, it's kind of different for each client, and it also differs between trainers. Different trainers have different training styles too. Um, we try our best to match people um, with trainers who you know, we're gonna reflect their their personal fitness goals. Um and so it usually starts with a warm-up. Um I will say that that's pretty consistent for all sessions. Um and then where it goes from there kind of depends. I mean you can a lot of trainers will do like a main set. So you'll start out with your big lift, probably one of your big three that I was talking about earlier, squat, deadlift or bench press. Um and then you can proceed by various means but most of the time there's a main set um, at the beginning of your workout and then at the end i like to include a little bit of core into each of my sessions Um, i know a lot of trainers do as well and then we in order to save time i don't usually program a cool down um i do ask my clients to you know walk on the treadmill for five minutes but you know if we're warming up for five minutes on the treadmill i don't want to waste another five minutes at the end of the session watching them on the treadmill i'd much rather be um you know actively helping them get
0: through a full workout so what are some of the common goals that people come in with
1: um people tend to come in with various goals some people want to a lot of people say that they want to quote unquote tone up which um coming from a personal trainer is a little bit of a confusing goal um a, I don't really know what that means. It means something different to everybody. And B, um, it's not a very, it's not an easy goal to accomplish. Because um, there's a lot more that goes into, quote unquote, toning up. You have to be eating in like a caloric deficit in order to lose body fat. But then you also need to be eating enough to build muscle mass. um, And then a lot of people who want to quote unquote tone up are afraid of lifting too heavy because they think they're going to get bulky, which is not in fact the case. Um, You do need to be lifting enough to build muscle in order to see that muscle um, when you want to quote unquote tone. So um, I like to kind of deconstruct that with my clients a lot of the time um, if they come in asking to tone. Um, A lot of people come in with weight loss goals um, I think that's consistent at William Mary and also um, throughout personal training ventures anywhere. Um, a lot of people come in wanting weight loss, which again is kind of a combined effort um, through nutrition and um, exercise. Um, those are the main goals. A lot of people also will come in and they just want to learn. Um, they, they have never worked out in the gym before, they don't feel comfortable going there themselves, um, and so they just you know, want a personal trainer to show them the ropes and uh, make sure that they're being safe and doing their exercising correctly.
0: And it's so interesting your comment about tone it up because, I mean, I've said it. I mean, a lot of people have. And I feel like that's something that can be shaped so much by media and, you know, perceptions that we are, you know, constantly exposed to. I'm really understanding that each body is different. And how uh, how has this experience given you appreciation for bodies and in different shapes and sizes and the varieties that they come in
1: yeah I think personal training has definitely um made me think a lot more about how I not necessarily treat other people like I don't never I I like to think that I have never treated anybody bad based on their body but like in my head too you know I don't um I, I'm, I'm more careful now about um how I think about different body types um Primarily because um, one of the biggest things that I learned through personal training that will like hard personal training like muscles and bones and stuff is that um, if you look at somebody's squat, people squat differently. Not because they're doing the exercise incorrectly, but if, if you tried to squat like me, you probably wouldn't be able to do it because our hips are literally built differently. They're literally structured in a way that makes it impossible for some people to squat like other people. Um, and so I think that's something that we can kind of take and run with when it comes to body positivity is some people, like some people aren't meant to look like me. I'm not meant to look like other people. Um, I'm who I am. I can work on my own body as I see fit, as long as I'm being safe and healthy with it. Um, and I think that, you know, mental health and some level of physical well um, is really important and whether or not you quote-unquote look toned or or skinny or whatever doesn't matter as much as the baseline you know your blood pressure your um, cholesterol levels like those are the things that you really need to focus on um, and ameliorate through exercise
0: healthy in the mind and healthy in the body Mm -hmm.
2: yeah so you were talking about movement and mental health, and I think that's just the big bottom line of this podcast is how can regular exercise and movement benefit mental health?
1: Yeah, so this is something that I've personally found too. Um, I am so much happier when I'm regularly exercising. Um, it's It's been har- hard, if I'm being completely honest, for myself um, as well as other people. I think people think about personal trainers, they're like, oh, you exercise, you know, five times a day. No, I work out, like, not very many times a week, maybe less than I'm willing to say on a podcast. (laughs) But, like, it's hard. You got to schedule it in. Um, There's also, I read, I did a little bit of research on this earlier in the semester because um, we're working on implementing an exercises medicine program. Um, So I'm working on getting my exercises medicine credential through the American College of Sports Medicine, which is where I'm um, certified. Um, And that accreditation will allow me to um well it's it's just an accreditation but we are trying to kind of pilot a program in which um, doctors at the wellness center can literally prescribe someone exercise and then they'll come to us um for various reasons it could be anxiety it could be depression it could be high blood pressure um stuff like that they can um, send them over to us, and then we have specialized training through the exercise medicine credential to um, help them through whatever they're going through. Um, because of that program that we're trying to, to begin, I had done a little bit of research, and I think that an interesting statistic or a, a thing that I read in a paper is that um, Consistent exercise or consistent work with a personal trainer was shown to be as effective as antidepressants in um, severely depressed individuals. Uh, so I think that mental health and physical health are very, very tightly intertwined. After all, you do exist in the same body. Um, and, you know, your, your mind is your body and your body is your mind. So um, you got to take care of them both in order to, be a whole person
0: because really we're working to achieve some of those baselines that you talked about physically in the body, but then also working to have these chemical reactions in our minds as mm-hmm. well. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I definitely see what you mean with just feeling better after exercising. I know every time I finish a good workout, it just feels so much better. I feel so much more focused throughout the day. Um, But I do know also I haven't had time to really consistently work out since kind of the summer. So like I know you said that you don't have to necessarily work out a set amount each day, each week to kind of feel those benefits. But is there sort of a ballpark estimate of maybe what would be considered beneficial for mental health
1: yes so oh I don't I'm not super sure about mental health to be honest um I think that's probably something that differs for each person but I will say that um the American College of Sports Medicine's definition of somebody who is quote-unquote physically active is working out at least 30 minutes three times a week for three months um so it's just like three 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 30 minutes three times a week for three months um and Not very many people get that. Um, At least they don't realize that they do get that. Um, Because there's certainly the gym rats who definitely get that amount. But there's also, you have to consider that a lot of times walking is considered um, physical activity if it raises your heart rate a little bit. Um, Walking is physical activity. Biking is physical activity. Um, So a lot of people, in fact, are pretty decently physically active they just don't recognize it in their in their brains
0: yeah and why is it so hard for college students in particular to get uh regular movement in their day
1: lots to do mm-hmm. lots to do um, mm-hmm. lots to do and also I find that um my schedule fluctuates a lot so it's hard for me to be like okay I'm gonna work out on Thursday at 3 p.m because I don't know what's going to be happening at Thursday on 3 p.m. Maybe I have an essay that I forgot about or whatever. Um, so I think that's why college students in particular find it hard to um, schedule an exercise is because it's got lots going on and their the schedules are somewhat fluctuating. Um, what I will say has helped me, especially this semester I started doing it, um, I made a Google Calendar, which at first stressed me out because I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much on there. But then I was like, wait a minute, there's also lots of gaps that I could fit a little something in. You know, maybe some of the gaps have to be schoolwork or, you know, personal training things. I have to send out emails, stuff like that. But I started literally scheduling in exercise. I made it a different color than all my school stuff. so It's bright yellow, in case you were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> it says workout. Um, and kidding. I I blocked that time off from my day. I treat it like a class Um It's something that I, you know, I put in there, so I'm going to do. I've budgeted my time around it. Um, So that's something that I've found personally that has really, really helped me. That's great.
0: Um, What are some other tips that you have for folks to get started on incorporating more movement and exercise?
1: Yeah, I would say walk around. Um, There's, I mean, if you have a free moment, um, sure, TikTok seems nice, but like so does some fresh air. So um, if you can remind yourself to do it take a walk. Or if you're thinking about, you know, um, going up the elevator or, um, taking the stairs, go and take the stairs. I mean, it takes you what, maybe a minute longer to get up three flights of stairs. Um, but it's going to get your body moving. You're using muscles that you wouldn't be using if you're standing in the elevator. Um, same thing. If you're going to, if you have a chunk of time and you're going to go to the grocery store and it's a reasonably walkable distance, go ahead and walk. I mean, why not? Just find ways to include um, physical activity in between different things um, and almost as like a transportation method. Like I don't I don't have a parking pass. I live off campus and I bike to school every day. Um, So if you can do things like that, like don't give yourself the opportunity to be not active, if that makes sense.
0: Jenny, do you have any ways that you like to incorporate movement into your day?
1: Yeah. So
2: I really like walking. Um, I live in DuPont. And so most of my classes are always on old campus. And a lot of times I'm running late. So I am <laughs> walking at a fast clip across campus every day. Um, I also always take the stairs. I really like that tip. Um, sometimes I'll, I don't know, I always feel like I my natural walking speed is faster than average, because in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'm kind of getting in a workout right now, aren't I? Because then uh, lo and behold, I don't have time to work out later. So I was also going to ask you, Devin, if you just have any tips on being motivated, because sometimes if I have maybe like an hour, I will say like, oh, yes, this is a great time to work out. And then, then I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, that's one of the really cool things about, um, personal training is that there's somebody there to hold you accountable. Um, but if you don't have a personal trainer, um, something you can do is find a buddy. Um, it's granted, it's kind of tricky to try and figure out times where you're both available and you both, you know, are wanting to go work out. Um, but finding a buddy is a really good idea to stay motivated. Um, the other thing that I was going to add is that I was listening to a podcast about, um, behavior change um, a couple months ago and they said something that really kind of resonated with me and I do this all the time for myself if I'm going to do things especially early, early in the morning but even just in the middle of my day because I, I they talk about the key to changing behavior is reducing barriers to changing behavior and so like if I know that I'm going to get up at 5:30 and go on a bike ride which I've done once because I was motivated and ever <laughs> since then i was like wow 5 30 is early and it's dark but anyways um set your stuff out set your clothes out um you know s- get do your whole setup make it really really easy for yourself to fall into that habit it's not so much about guaranteeing that you're going to do it um it's more about i mean my clothes are right there so might as well the, on the podcast that i was listening to there was this lady who really wanted to become a morning runner and she would literally sleep in her workout clothes because she would not do it if she had to get up and change. But because she just idea. had <laughs> to roll out of bed and just, like, get out the door. Um, so just reduce barriers for yourself somehow um, and be creative with that. Um, I think that can really help with, I don't know if that's necessarily increasing motivation or if it's <laughs> just decreasing demotivation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And helping to save on some laundry along the yeah, way Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah,
2: ultimately just... the benefit is just how you feel afterward. And I think also a big thing that people tend to do is just, you you can't beat yourself up if you miss mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, just, I feel like motivation would decrease even more if you're just constantly saying like, oh my gosh, I missed this one. I missed that one, but just to keep going because a day that you miss something is not going to ruin anything at
0: all. Yeah. And I feel like once you start to realize and get into the habit and experience that feeling and how you, I mean, even when you're eating healthy foods and feeling your body in that way, and, and you start to get into that rhythm of, of raising your heart rate, incorporating exercise into your day, you kind of start to chase and like miss that feeling when mm-hmm. you get out of the zone, you know? Yeah. So, um, so Devin, if someone wants to get in touch with a personal trainer on campus, how do we do that?
1: Yeah. So if you, well, depends on which way you want to become in contact if you want to be a client of a personal trainer um you can go onto the william and mary website and look up i just look up william and mary personal training and there should be a registration link right there um it's closed currently but i think we'll open soon we were trying to get some of our spring hire personal trainers up and running um and so but i think we'll be ready to take some new clients soon um and if you're looking on the other end to become a personal trainer um hiring is happening happening soon we do it every semester um kind of at the middle end of the semester um but if you just want more information you're welcome to contact me my contact info i should be on the personal training page um on william and mary's website um but otherwise i believe it will be noted in the
0: um show notes Mm
1: -hmm. it sure will
0: And then are there any other uh, helpful resources that you want to share with us that are going on in Campus Rec or on campus? Yeah, so
1: personal training – well, here's the thing, a couple things. First of all, personal training costs money. Um, FitWell classes and FitWell series are free. Um, Thank you to Being Goody, who gave us a big amount of money to um, pay off the – pay off, that sounds bad, but (laughs) pay the the instructors. Um, So those two – um, resources are free, um, and personal training costs money. So if that's a barrier for you, Fitwell classes and Fitwell series are excellent options. Um, they're super great. Fitwell series in particular are very good because you get oftentimes one-on-one contact with an instructor. Some of them are instructors or Fitwell instructors. Some of them are personal trainers. Um, but regardless, you get very personalized attention. Um, While not in a one-on-one setting, um, you're often in a group of six to 20 um, for a small group or um, Fitwell series. So those are really good options, Um, regardless of whether or not you're financially constrained. um, I mean, sure, you can go to a personal training session, but, like, why do that if you can go to a free
0: um, four-week series? There's some other options out there. And Mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't have a Fitwell membership right now, you can get that on the William and Mary Wellness app. Um, really easy to access there, or on their website. It's wellness.wm.edu. You'll see access to memberships on that website as well. And so, first step in getting started in those series and classes. Devin, thanks so much for being here yeah, with us thank today. You. Thank
1: you for having me. Thank you to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast.
2: Waste to Flourish is produced by Eric Garrison, Lindsey Heck, Pauline Cross, Ben Heath. Sari Moody, and myself, Ginny Helmendoller.